3: You're listening to the
4: Vox Media Podcast Network. Oh, yeah. Explosive.
3: That's right. Greetings. Greetings to all of you. If you're on the East Coast right now, you're probably not watching this so you wake <laughs> up. But uh, for those watching live, I truly appreciate this, as do the rest of us, as we are here for the UFC 265 Live post-fight show here on mafighting.com. I am Mike Heck, not in Command Center 2.0. I am at a hotel in East Windsor, Connecticut tonight, uh, recapping UFC 265 with all of you, being joined by Sean Alshadi in Phoenix, Arizona. How you doing, my man? I'm doing good, man. It's a little bit less late here as it is for you, so I'm probably doing a little bit better than you are. Yeah, the sun's still out where you're at. I don't want to hear it. Uh, A.K. Lee, what's up, man? How's Canada right now? Look at that fresh face, my
5: friend. Thank you. It's great. Uh, Mike, your voice seems a little, what's going on? Your voice seems a little off. Uh, I don't understand. You've been, I feel like you've been you've nothing but doing but sitting around all day. Uh, why? Why? I don't understand. Why's was your voice so a little raspy?
3: Yes. I ring announced. I did Twitter spaces. I've been talking for eight, nine hours straight, but we, we battle through. Speaking of battling through, E.K.C. Lydon joins us from Houston, Texas. How are you, my friend?
4: Houston.
6: That's all I got.
3: There you go. That's all you got. That's all, right. I'm, I'm <laughs> all right. That's all we
6: need. That's Since, all we want. I'm in the central time zone, so it's not quite as late as you guys, but it's still a stupid late. Like, yeah.
3: Yeah. And here. you're on fight week time. So it's, oh, yeah. I mean, you're still you still good to go for another two or three hours. But, <laughs> gentlemen, Casey, you and I have talked about this already, AK, we haven't heard from you yet. But I'm going to start with Sean Alshadi because on our MA Fighting Twitter spaces, we watched the co main event together, watched Jose Aldo do the damn thing. But the main event, Cyril GaN delivers one of the most dominant performances you will ever see in a title fight. This was one way traffic. Me and Casey went through the, the the striking discrepancies on the press conference stream. It was like one twelve to sixteen, were the total yeah. numbers just ridiculous from Cyril GaN. You're you, just you overall don't, you thoughts
6: don't see that standing too. Like sorry, you don't. I just realized you don't. You see those like on ground strikes, but standing strikes. You just that's just unheard of you know it's just sorry, right, i was just i'm i'm, I'm tired <laughs> yeah and, just- and listen and,
3: and you can add like half of those strikes took place in like the final 30 seconds during that mm-hmm. final flurry where lewis was pretty much battling for his life with his back against the wall but just your overall thoughts on what we saw from cyril Gan tonight did because i think he surprised a lot of people like i think we all expected this fight to go a certain way and cyril Gan just kind of flipped the script on everybody did he not
4: yeah, he certainly did. I mean, all of us on the preview show were believers in Derek Lewis, and and I think the the main thing for all of us was really that it just felt like it wasn't it wasn't quite the time right or the quite the right time yet for Cyril gone right. Like he hadn't gone through the battles, he hadn't been really tested and pushed in a way that we like to see these guys be pushed and tested before we think they can reach this sort of mountaintop. But you're right, man. I mean, you mentioned the punch stats. I think the bigger stat to me, even than that one hundred and something to sixteen or whatever it ended up being, was the accuracy, man. Because he landed his his strikes at a staggering eighty percent clip in terms of significant strikes of all of that, of everything. That to me is the most impressive of all of this. Like all thirty-two of his leg strikes found the mark. Just everything Cyril Gaon was doing in there tonight was was working to a tee. It was as close to a flawless victory, uh, a perfect performance as you really f- find. From a fight that lasts as long as this did. Because this one almost went a full three rounds. Like this was about 14 minutes. And at no point, at any point in it, was Cyril gone in trouble? Was he hurt? Was he even touched really? He came away from this. Looking like a man who who just you know had some dinner, like he didn't look like he just got in a fight with the black beast, Derek Lewis, the knockout king, uh, the all time you know heavyweight leader in knockouts, and all of this. It was just absolutely a masterclass of footwork, accuracy, distance management, intelligence, and the, I think the thing that stands out most of all, really, is just you don't see heavyweights move in the way that Cyril Ghosn moves, right? Like the fluidity with which he approaches this game and how he just confuses people with his footwork and really just sort of traps people in that space. Derek Lewis never got started. He he really didn't. From Jump Street, Derek Lewis kind of looked like he was lost in the sauce there. And that old tried and true method of just, you know, biding your time and waiting for that right moment to strike – that works up until it doesn't. And, and Derek Lewis built a legitimately great UFC career off that, but it watching tonight, it felt like he never stood a chance once that thing got going.
3: AK, you are the prince of positivity. And it's hard in this space to find a fighter that just oozes positivity. And Cyril Gan is exactly that. And I loved what he had to say at the press conference. This is a sport, all right? He basically treats heavyweight championship fights or interim heavyweight championship fights in this case – like a recreation basketball game. like it's just like a smile on his face. It's just him going on playing around a golf. like it's just, he's just so calm and relaxed out there. Like how big is that for a guy like Cyril Gaon, who's just ten fights in to, to his professional career on knocking on the doorstep of fighting for an undisputed title in his 11th pro fight. Like how cool is that? Just seeing a guy so positive and just seeing him so loose, but yet so young in his career to this point?
5: Bong-Gaming? good boy you know he epitomizes that he he says he wants to live his his life like like an adult uh who's with the but with you know the spirit of a child and that might not seem like an attitude that's conducive to cage fighting but my goodness the man makes it work uh mike we had a saying you know back in my old uh slow pitch softball days i used to say <laughs> <laughs> it's not even that funny no, this is that's a that's a guys that's a uh, a three forty five in the morning Eastern Time laugh that I just got there out of these guys. But uh, the saying was pra- practice is the real game. Practice is the real game. So you're asking what is the. Have you guys never played rec, rec league? I just, I just board? love
4: you comparing your athletic experiences in slow oh. pitch softball to what Cyril yeah. Gon did tonight. I mean, it's
5: one, it's <laughs> one, it's one for one. It's one for one, or it's like you guys are orange. really the
4: same person, really. It's like, like I, it's I, like apples and oranges,
5: like, like like Dana White. <laughs> yeah, might say. Yeah,
6: yeah.
5: uh I'm not, I'm not going to elaborate on it. Um, but no, uh, we had to say practice is the real game, right? And, and and honestly, I think that applies at all levels. I think if you really love what you're doing and you're really effing good at it, like Cyril Gon is. Um, all the hard work is done is done in the gym. All of the hard work is done in, in the training, the practice, everything. So when fight night comes around, I really believe it. When when, as Mike put it, it's just like this game to him. It's just like he's having fun in there. Everything's everything's you know going off on all cylinders um, as it was tonight. His confidence probably only growing with every round. Like I'm sure he was very respectful of Derek Lewis and his reputation, of course, for knockouts out of nowhere. But otherwise, he was in complete control, and I I, I bet. The fight itself was, was uh, you know, easier uh, than he expected it to be. Um, and I say this as a credit to Gon. I n- Nothing to n- – not, not to insult Derek Lewis. I don't want – I saw a lot of, course, negativity after. I understand people were disappointed. They didn't get to see, you know, Derek Lewis really land anything substantial. So it becomes, you know, the whole, oh, how did he get here? And, oh, he's t- disappointing performance. He can't win the big one, all that stuff. But – the emphasis really should be on how good Cedil Gan is, and give credit to Zena White at the post fight press conference for essentially saying the same thing. He's, he was asked, like, or, you know, do you think Derek Lewis bit off tonight? And he's like, look, this had more to do with CDL Gan and the level he's at than any shortcomings of of, uh, of Derek Lewis. So, great promotion by Daniel White for once. Let's give yeah. him credit. He he, promo- he He did a really really good job of uh, massaging the situation, promoting Gan, promoting, promoting Derek Lewis. They probably will be back at the uh, Toyota Center sooner rather than later, given the multi fight deal. And Derek Lewis will be there, so no reason to uh, to, to downgrade the man um, after what was already a tough night. But uh, Cyril Ghosn, just, just amazing, 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 amazing performance. Really can't say enough about it.
4: Let me just add look really the- quickly, too. <laughs> oh, go ahead. I, I, I just – what what impresses me the most about all of this as we sort of sit back and reflect and look on sort of the road that this guy's taken is the timeline of all of it, right? Because when Cyril Ghosn made his MMA debut – do you know when that was? Like, that was literally Daniel Cormier had just knocked out Stipe just to win the heavyweight title. Like, that was like three weeks after that. That's how that's how recent all of this was. He, he hadn't even made his MMA debut at the time DC was doing that. Like, that is crazy to me, man. This road that he has been on, how fast we have watched this guy really mature from just this, you know, like mountain of just raw potential that he was when he came into the UFC to now one of the best heavyweights in the world who's just doing this so calmly – and coolly in front of our eyes. And really, like these last three fights, right? Because it really has come and a culminated over these last three fights over over the last seven months. Uh, Rosenstruck, Volkoff, and Lewis, like all three of those dudes are so obscenely dangerous, just in, in every regard. And they looked like they didn't even belong in the same sport as Cyril Gon when they were in there with him. Like it is just crazy what this guy has done in, ele- in, in three years. And I think we also have to give credit to his coach, Ferdinand Lopez, who has now done this twice with two different men from, from the streets of Paris. Like, uh, of all the places you find the, these incredible heavyweights who are probably going to go down by the end of their careers as some of the greatest heavyweights we've seen, like, to find these two dudes in the streets of Paris and in, in a matter of a couple years lead both of them to UFC title shots and now, you know, one of them already has gold and one of them kind of has gold, but not really, but is about to fight for it. Like, that's crazy, man. It that is absolutely sense. crazy. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. It's a movie. It's a Hollywood script. And the way that this is, I know we'll get into it, but the way that this is sort of coalesced and culminated into this fight now, where you have this, these narratives of sort of these two ex-teammates, ex-training partners, guys who really, again, came from the streets of Paris where no heavyweight MMA, like no heavyweight existed, MMA even fighters even are coming from. Yeah. yeah, and then Derek, or and then I'm sorry, Francis leaves, and it's kind of on messy terms, and then sort of the understudy, is now getting this chance to exact vengeance for the gym and for Lopez and this whole team. Like, you can't write this stuff, man. It's incredible.
3: We'll get to the aftermath in a moment. I'm still not over AK's softball analogy. I mean, he's definitely an interim <laughs> so, batting champion in the Toronto <laughs> B League, uh, d- Developmental League. But okay. I, I, Casey, I,
6: I, like, I, I, I like AK said, like, for slow pitch softball practice. <laughs> <laughs> mm hmm. <laughs>
4: Well, it's you see, when, yeah. when you're an elite, when you're an elite athlete like yeah. Alexander Kaylee, yes. things are done a certain way, and you expect them to be yes. done a certain Thank way. Thank you, you,
3: Sean. Yeah. You understand? Thank you. Yeah, AK woke up every day and took 500 T swings, and he was ready to go. <laughs> yeah.
5: uh, you use different size bats too. You use different size bats, you, uh, different he- weights, and then it builds up. Yes. the speed. Yeah,
3: absolutely. Casey, where does Derek Lewis go from here? I mean. Tough. I mean, this was not a good night for him. Um, I mean, again, all testament goes to Cyril Ghana, and what he was able to do tonight. And maybe Derek Lewis did feel the pressure fighting in Houston. But I don't think that made any difference mm-hmm. in the result of this fight. You could have had this fight anywhere, and I think it would have gone the same way. But where does he go now after a loss like this? Second shot at, at, at UFC gold, whether interim or not. He just it, it just was not his night in any way, shape or form tonight. W- what do you do now?
6: Uh, you know, I actually—I mean—I picked Derek Lewis to win, and I think all of us were shocked—not shocked that Gon that Gon won the fight, but like just he won it dominantly and kind of exciting too. And I—I I feel I just—I actually feel bad for Derek Lewis. I mean, I know he got—I know he got a decent paycheck, but like that was just—he lost. He didn't even get to show up tonight. And it wasn't like, it, it wasn't, if he would have gotten knocked down in 30 seconds, that would be been like, oh, he got caught for a lucky punch. But losing like this, yeah, it just like, it made you feel like Derek Lewis. I guess that's, that's, that's why it's real gone so good. It made you feel like Derek Lewis, like, why was he even there tonight? Like, he, he clearly sucks. So where he goes from that, from here, Um, he goes to main eventing fight night cards. Um, I don't know. It's, 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 it's this, this taste is going to get, it's going to be, it's going to, it's going to be with us for a while with Derek Lewis. And um, I think that when he got dominated and, you know, absolutely, you know, mauled by um, DC, you know, we accepted that, you know, it's like, well, DC's a grappler, you know, and, you know, we knew Derek Lewis had his faults and everything, but this was just wild. I mean, I mean, yeah. I, uh, I don't know. Derek Lewis. Yeah. He just has to I, kill up his leg and just sit out for maybe a few months and, i don't know yeah uh, book him against tanner Bowser. i don't know just just i mean i hope he comes back i mean i mean Derek lewis is already just i'm sure like when he got into the sport and where he is now he's kind of playing a house money he's he's he has to completely exceed any expectations that he had from the first day he started you no know, to no fight mixed martial arts so um uh I don't know I feel bad but I I I I think I, I wanted that Derek Lewis story I I wanted it I just we, we kind of, I think as journalists we love that kind of story but Shrogan filled that gap and now we have an amazing story right there and um yeah we're just the sport the sport moves on <laughs>
3: Yeah, and Derek Lewis is so nonchalant. It's almost like he doesn't care about wins or losses. And, you know, and a lot of times he had some injuries. He had a a sore back, like a really bad back for a long time. Took the DC fight on super short notice. It was a chance to headline an MSG. But I feel like this loss, this performance. It
6: stings, yeah. Yeah, it's different. This is a soul-searching type
3: of loss. Because he tried.
6: I feel like, you know, before he was just like, oh, no, swing and bang, swing and bang. This, This stuff's easy, whatever, you know. But, like. You could feel like, no, this is, he knew if, if he wins tonight, you know, the, the DC fight, yeah, you know, he's injured of short notice, but he wins tonight. It really changes his life. You know, at, at this point, you no, know, he was like this, this icon for the city. You know, when he fought Derek, when he fought DC, he was, he, he was kind of a, an oddity, but now, you know, he was, was Derek Lewis now. And like, just to be so close to, legend status in houston and just the sport in general that's that's gotta be tough for anyone it's just that's just a tough loss it's a really tough I, loss.
5: I i think what's crazy about what's different was going to this one is is for once Derek lewis bought into the kind of narratives um that us in the media are, are constantly shoveling out there um i think for most of his career he's pretty immune to that stuff like you know we we We've all written all kinds of stories about Derek Lewis, or uh, tweeted about it, or just or talked about Derek Lewis in these shows, saying like, "Oh, this is what this fight means for Derek Lewis. This is what this fight means for his career." I don't think he's ever, 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 ever given a crap about that, or at least not openly said it. And this week, he actually did say in multiple occasions, "Like, yeah, I understand. This is a big deal. This is a big deal in Houston. This is uh, you know, this is my chance to to to, w- to win the big one because I did you know he didn't last time against Cormier." And it just you you just don't hear Derek Lewis talk about that stuff normally. He's just joking around most of the time, and and uh, you know just being a fighters fighter as it were. This is really the first time I've ever seen him care about kind of what we think, kind of what the public thinks of his fight. Um, and being hometown, of course, it was a huge factor. So it mattered. I, it, it had nothing to do with the performance. I think the best version of Ciriogan beats the best version of Derek Lewis any day. But uh, to say he wasn't affected by by this uh, supposed you know storyline that we're we're talking about is I think is uh, would be inaccurate. I think it had to matter a
0: bit.
3: Sean, let me let me ask you this because we all went to this fight thinking it would go a certain way. Like if Cyril gone won, he would win in a way that a lot of us expected to. He just kind of picked Lewis apart, point, outpoint him, maybe win a decision. No one really saw him doing what he did tonight, as we all sort of alluded to. But I got to tell you, man. Just like a month ago, six weeks ago, hell, even a a week ago, the thought of Cyril Ghosn fighting Francis Ngannou was cool only in storyline for me. But after that performance tonight, I am all in on Francis Ngannou versus Cyril Ghosn. I am so intrigued by this fight. I can't wait for it. What are your thoughts on that? Like, are you feeling the same way I am right now? Yeah,
4: I, I agree with you in that regard, right? Because you're you're not wrong. Like the the last few fights for Gon have been very, what's the right word, methodical, right? Like they've been very they played out in a certain way that probably isn't the most aesthetically pleasing, especially when we come to heavyweight fights and we expect swinging and banging and knockouts and big things like that. When Francis Ngannou is the king of the division and Derek Lewis is doing all this craziness. Like that's what we expect from our heavyweights and Cyril Ghosn is not that guy. I mean, he can be and we've seen him be that guy in past fights and even a little bit in this third round uh, tonight. But it, it was a very more, it was much more of a patient and intelligence approach that he was taking and that's frankly just not what MMA fans want that's not what anybody's watching the sport wants uh, from their heavyweight action so I can see where you're coming from on that and I, I agree with you in that regard although I, I do wonder too like it almost seems like it's kind of gone overboard in the other direction now because I even threw out on Twitter tonight and obviously fight night stuff is very reactionary but I threw out on Twitter like hey early predictions for this fight and I would say like 80% of the rea- reactions were oh Cyril Ghosn going to win against Francis Ngannou very easily and that to me feels crazy. Like that to me feels like we've already forgotten how obscene <laughs> Francis Ngannou is in there. Like the dude is unlike any human being I have ever seen in my entire career, maybe my entire life. Like a lot of people already seem to be counting out Francis Ngannou now, which is a very crazy place to have come to, and one I didn't expect us to reach, maybe ever, but at least not this soon. Like a couple <laughs> months after this dude just starched steep Miocic in in in. You know no time at all so it is an interesting dynamic and and going back to the storylines that i mentioned earlier was just all these different things that play for this fight with the former teammates and coming from the streets of paris like if they could run this fight in paris that would be such an insane scene that would be such a cool way to have the first ufc event ever ever in paris i highly doubt that ever happens with what's going on in the world and sort of where MMA is at. I know for MMA now is more accepted in Paris than it was, or in France in particular, than it was, you know, a couple of years ago, but I highly doubt that happens. But if it does, that would just be the coolest side ever. Like I would, I would be so happy for both men to be able to get that opportunity like that.
3: AK because of the, how the world is, if you're the UFC, do you just, just put the rockets to these guys and just try to get this fight booked asap. Like I know Dana said asap, but are you trying to get this one in before the year is over? Just uh sort of throw gasoline on the fire that that already is Cyril GaN. Like, because like no, I, I don't know if anyone. Just listening to Sean and in, in the poll results, I mean, I, I I'm shocked 80-20 for Cyril GaN is wow. is insane. That is an insane number. So just. If you're in the UFC, just based on the reaction that Cyril is getting right now, are you just doing everything you can to get this fight booked as soon as possible? Get it in before tw- the calendar flips to 2022.
5: Uh, if in this scenario, I'm magically Dana White or the UFC, uh, what I'm doing is opening up the checkbook for John Jones and making that fight happen. But I guess, I guess you're saying <gasps> within, re- I guess you're saying within reason. <laughs> within reason, uh, yes. Yeah, so if we're assuming the John uh, Jones and Ganu fight is not part of this scenario, yeah, of course, of course, you had before the end of the year is ideal strike while the iron is hot and all that um again i I don't think a gone and ganu fight ever reaches the magnitude of of uh, jones and ganu so i'm not sure if if how much of an impetus there is to put it together but getting ganu back in there cut this crap that they were doing tonight with uh oh well he's on vacation so that's why you know if he wants to take his time off and have vacation relax it's okay we're kind of moving on with that
4: Cut dude, the they, they threw him under the bus in the first Horrible. 15 seconds of the pay-per-view. Horrible. It was ridiculous, man. What Horrible. the hell's going on? This dude <laughs> just like won his title a couple of months ago against the heavyweight GOAT. Like this is Sean. This is crazy. We don't even need to get for, into it, but it's absurd. fortunately.
5: I, I I have a lot of faith in MMA fans that they're smarter than that, that they don't they didn't buy into that <laughs> stupid clip, um, and that they know that Ngannou and that Ngannou is still the guy to beat. Um, even though again, like apparently 80% think Gone will beat him. Uh, if Ngannou is the guy to beat, as it were, but um, but yeah, no, I think that it, it re, this is recency bias at its at its highest. I think as the fight, if the fight gets booked and it gets closer, it'll be a little bit more reasonable. But it would not surprise me. It would not surprise me to see Gon favored. Uh, I do think he has the right kind of style uh, to be to be the undisputed champion at heavyweight. I, I I personally would pick Ngannou, but again, I'd have to wait till the fight got closer to really break it down. But um, I don't I, I don't blame people for. For picking on, I tweeted that look, he could become the stand-up heavyweight version of George St. Pierre. And I'm not just saying that both guys have, you know, origins in in uh, you know French Canada, but there's a method he's so methodical. Uh there's a style that's not always going to be appealing to fans, but also a dominance there that I think people will have no choice but to respect. Um, so I feel like if he does, if he can get over that Nganu hurdle, I really don't know who is gonna beat this guy. Over the next like three years and so uh so i understand the hype I, I, look i'm buying into that it that is
4: too. a massive if man that is a massive I massive, I'm massive what, I'm is, what is going on right now with this francis and Gano? i just can't understand how <laughs> know, many he's people on, are discounting
6: crazy lately if he wants what has he done lately has to call dana if he wants to fight he just call dana geez of course <laughs> that's so it's so that easily. simple it's that simple, that's simple. You can't force him to apples and oranges it's apples and oranges right casey apples and oranges
3: yeah, okay, uh, I,
6: I, okay. When Dana said that to me, I, I got him. In, I was kind of, almost a little confused. I was like, o- "Okay." I was just like, oh, "I don't know what to take him."
3: <laughs> oh man! But well, we'll see what happens there. I mean, great performance from Gon. Star-making performance. The man has arrived. That is an arrival from Bongamin. Is that how how you say it, Ak?
5: I say Bongame.
3: bongame okay. I don't know what uh, I don't
5: know what Bruce Buffer was saying. Bruce Buffer was like, he said it twice, and it was just like. I don't see he was wrong. It was so loud. Maybe I just couldn't hear him. But it just sounded like, rah, rah. and I was like, oh, all right. close enough. They're in the arena. No one can tell what he's saying anyway.
4: Right.
3: Before before we uh, mo- move on, I Go know it's
6: late. Surreal. Gone walking out to John uh, Mike Jones. Still. Oh, that
4: was so good, man. That was <laughs> such a troll job. That was the <laughs> only time that that song has ever been booed in Houston.
6: That I was like, <laughs> oh, you can't. It was, it was so conflicting. That was just like, that's, that's, uh, I don't know. It's
4: fantastic. That was was really well done.
6: Okay. I, I, I'll admit, I'll admit at the, at the press conference, because he, he, this didn't come out of nowhere at the press conference, gone wore a DJ screw shirt and no, and I, I was about to ask him, I was like, yo, what's up with that shirt, bro. But like, I was just like, "I forget. I want to go home. (laughs) But, but, and then the, and then the freaking French reporter at the post presser asked about it and like i was like no man i'm from houston I'm, i get to ask about the texas songs but um man what a troll but apparently he's a fan he was like he even name dropped big mo and big mo's kind of a deep cut so i was like all right maybe maybe i don't know but hey Cyril gone's my new favorite fighter what, what, what are you gonna do
3: <laughs> a a plus night for Cyril god no doubt about it but uh Jose Aldo, go. <laughs> oh, my God. Dude, that man is on
4: year 17. Like, how crazy is it? Year 17. We Think about what we just saw on Saturday night and then, like, consider that number. Like, really actually consider that number. Like, that's, that's not even, like, a short 17 either, right? Like, that's a long 17 against almost all of it con- competed against, like, the top, top Top echelon of fighters in the world, two different, split across two different divisions, both of which premium is placed on speed and like fetch twitch reactions and just all that sort of thing. Like, those are the most important traits in those divisions. And Jose Aldo is still doing it. 17 years in, he's manhandling contenders like it's going out of style. And to me, it's just incredible, man, because like that was an absolutely brilliant performance. I know that maybe he didn't get a finish and whatever, but like the fact that. Jose Aldo at this point in his career is still coming out here and sweeping the judges scorecards against a guy like Pedro Munoz, who is a tough out for anybody and set new personal best too with the 114 significant strikes that he lands, which is apparently more than any of the other 26 UFC or WEC appearances that he has, of which 15 of them are five round fights. Like the fact that Jose Aldo has never hit somebody as much as he hit Pedro Munoz tonight, like that's crazy to me. And and this is a guy who we have written off. I just I say the royal we in the MMA community so many different times in his career. I saw so much Jose Aldo slander on the timeline this week for Fight Week of people just talking about him like he's washed up and like he's not still a relevant figure. And yet every time we go down this road, this man figured out how to evolve, how to reinvent himself, how to stay relevant and stay right where he is at, at the, among the best fighters in the world. It is effing incredible to me. Because, I mean, we even going back a couple of years when he he announced this whole thing about bantamweight, I'm going to go down to bantamweight, that seemed like the most crazy decision and the most wrongheaded, just bullheaded reactionary decision that you had ever seen, right? Because this is a guy who, who struggled going through the depths of hell to make 145 every fight week. And if we ever change division, it was going to be used to go up to lightweight not to go down to 235 freaking pounds. And yet he did it, and he still looks tremendous down here. The speed, the accuracy, the defense, the kicks, I mean, the the hellacious body work he was putting on Pedro Munoz, it's all still there, man. And it's all still working. He We, we saw it against Marlon Vera. We saw it in the early stages against Peter Yan, too, before that fight sort of turned. Like, Jose Aldo is a remarkable human being he is a living legend and tonight it was just one more on the resume and i i can't say enough about it i am so damn impressed with this man give me cory sanhagen or give me rob font next let's just
3: have some fun with this because what can you say dude jose aldo man he's the king
4: it's the king of rio for
3: a reason <laughs> A.K. you know what was so fun about that fight what was so fun about everything that fight? Everything? It was Jose Aldo? Jose Aldo was was dominating the feeling out process, like just the feeling out process. Like he's just trying to like answer questions in his own mind about like different things that Pedro Munoz is going to bring him. He's winning that and dominating it. And then at the end of the first round, probably with like thirty seconds left in the first round, you immediately saw that switch flip. He, his confidence rose. He had Pedro Munoz figured out at the end of the first round, and it just got better and better and better. What stood out to you most from Jose Aldo's win tonight?
5: I mean, it's just, just moments where it just looked like he hadn't lost a step, you know? I, I, I mean, I think there were some growing pains down at 135. Um, some would argue that there wasn't. I mean, a lot of people thought he won the Marlon Mud Ice fight. I thought it was close. I'm fine with it going either way. I, I didn't think it was a robbery, but. In the, in the minds of a lot many he was he's 3 and 1 at 135 he put up a very competitive fight against Piotr Jan um someone who uh, was definitely favored to beat him and uh, that went all the way to the 5th round Piotr Jan outlasted him he's the younger guy so that wasn't too surprising but either way in four fights at 135 Aldo has looked great he's 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 looked like the guy that we call I think what well, I think is one of the five greatest pound for pound fighters of all time so I don't know I don't know if anything really stood out I kind of like what you said where, man, when you saw, you know, you saw the, that old version of uh, I should say, I should say, vintage version of Aldo when those lasers get locked in and Munoz, by the way, Munoz to his credit, never, was never like out of the fight, but you just got the idea that once, once Aldo got to the, you know, to the level where he can get to that, that was, that was a, a level that Munoz couldn't reach. And that's just how good, uh, how good Jose Aldo is. Uh, the, what really to me was <laughs> after the fight, Uh, I tweeted something like, uh, "Please, Jose Aldo, fight forever." And uh, literally, like the exact same second, uh, Sean tweeted, uh, "Jose Aldo forever." So it's just like, (laughs) just back to, we were all look, we were all feeling it, uh, feeling it tonight. And again, it's it's uh, it's a shame someone has to win a fight like that and lose a fight like that. Pedro Munoz is a gentleman fighter, a super exciting fighter in his own right. Um, But boy, I think a lot of us were glad to see uh, Jose Aldo his first win streak at 135. Uh, It's it's good stuff.
3: Yeah, it is not easy to do that against a guy like Pedro Munoz. And what he did, what Jose Aldo did tonight was he made, he actually made Pedro Munoz believe he couldn't win. Like in that third round, Pedro just, he went out there and just got through the rounds, but he knew he wasn't going to win. And that's so hard to do against a guy like that. But that just shows you how good, Jose Aldo looked tonight. It was just a, a, a phenomenal performance, record-setting numbers, so forth and so on. But Casey, for the interest of time, I want to talk about Vicente Luque because he deserves some time. What a performance he had tonight against Michael Chiesa. What a wild fight that was because in the early stages, Michael Chiesa was outstriking Vicente Luque. He was landing good combinations. He was... Moving around laterally, side to side. He's throwing Luke off a little bit. Luke couldn't throw the leg kicks because Kiesa came out as a southpaw. Like, Kiesa was doing everything right. Luke lands a right hand, stings Kiesa a little bit. Kiesa lands the takedown, and he has him in a rear naked choke. That thing is locked up, cranking away. Luke stays calm, cool, collected, gets out of it, and then he turns it around stars chokes Michael Chiesa and gets him to tap out in the first round. That was so ridiculous. Nobody saw that coming. Vicente Luque, man, he is a player. This is a, he is no longer exciting fringe top 10 guy. He's been a player. He's, He's been a player and y'all have ignored In Everybody's him. eyes. In everybody's eyes. Now he is a top five guy knocking on the door of a title shot. Is it fair to say that Vicente's, Vicente Luque's stock rose more than anybody on this card tonight?
6: well outside of i mean outside of outside, outside of, of gone, of gone. yeah outside of gone um yeah, yeah i'll go luke yeah um jose auto was more more one of those um in case you forgot type things um but Luque, yeah that was that was shocking how uh how dominant he was and uh, not really dominant but just he he's just so dang he's not just an exciting fighter he's he's a smart fighter he's durable he's uh, he, he he does everything. Well, he can he can knock you out. He can submit you. He can wrestle. He's got it all. Um, the only thing that's missing, unfortunately for Luke K is probably the most important thing is he doesn't talk trash. And that's <laughs> what the UFC wants. It's I'm sorry. I hate I hate saying that out loud, but he, just minute for minute, one one of the most exciting all action high level fighters in MMA, especially at Walter White. Oh. But um. I, I think with with us us journalists, we love Luke, A, but I don't know how far he jumped ahead with the promotion. I don't know. I don't know. If I, Dana is like going. Oh, we got to get Luke. A, I think I'm gonna, we did. I'm gonna maybe, up. Maybe no, maybe yeah. I'm wrong. I hope I'm. I I'm, I'm. wrong. I'm hoping wrong.
4: I, I'm gonna up that Annie Casey for what you just said because I know, have been do you, banging. Do you do you the, understand
6: I, what I'm saying though? No, no, oh, Luke, for yeah. sure.
4: But I, I I have been banging this drum for years now. I have been on this Vicente Luque train from the very, very beginning. And at this point, it's fairly ridiculous to me that we had to reach this point. Because I think what you just said, Casey, I think if you lined if you did like an experiment, you lined up 100 just diehard MMA fans all in a line. And you just went one by one, asked them to name the most violent welterweight on the UFC roster, like the most exciting welterweight consistently on the roster. I think there's a huge, huge chance that Luque's name would maybe come up like a couple times at best and all of those the truth is all of those other answers would just be wrong like as uriah faber likes to say you got to check the record bud because this dude at this point is just guaranteed ultra violence every time he steps in the octagon at this point it's absurd 14 and 2 with 13 stoppages over the last 16 fights if he wins if Vizette Luque wins a fight it is the closest thing that you get to just absolute madness Every single time out. And his only losses over that stretch are Leon Edwards and Stephen Thompson. So at this point, like it, this has to be the one that's going to get people to understand. And it feels like this might have finally been the one. Because I actually like what the UFC did here. They, when he lost to Stephen Thompson, usually when, when top five, top ten contenders lose that type of fight where he lost pretty bad to Stephen Thompson. I mean that was – uh, it was not a one-sided fight, but Stephen Thompson definitely won that fight. Usually at that point, the UFC would then feed him to somebody else, and then you get a losing streak going, and then maybe you're out of contention. But I like that they let him go down a little bit and feed on, on some of the lower-tiered Welterweights, guys like a Nico Price, a Randy Brown, even like a late stage Tyron Woodley, who's kind of obviously going into retirement at that point. Like they really let Vicente Luque get his consistency back, get that momentum back, and start feeling himself again before they sent him back up to the Wolves. Now, and he, we saw it tonight. He he came in here so confident against Michael Chiesa, and he just ran through him. I mean that that finishing sequence was absurd. No one no one submits Michael Chiesa that fast, and Vicente Luque just did it. To me, this has to be the one where people realize and it felt like even Dana White in the press conference admitted as much of just Vicente Luque is someone who's going to matter now in this title contention he's someone who's going to be a main player I, I don't see how you could watch this man and and deny him that at this point like it he has to be it yeah this I hope th- I hope you're right <laughs> this question was asked to Mike and I, I think on
5: the Q&A earlier today whose stock was going to rise the most and I actually do think Luque even with the gun uh, winning the way he did I actually do think Luque uh, his stock was most relative to where he was. Because I think Gone, he's in a title fight, so he just raised his stock to, from interim title contender to, to now.
6: 80% chance of beating Nagana. Well, I mean, <laughs> that, I mean
5: that's nothing, But I mean, to undisputed, now yeah. undisputed title contender. Luque, for whatever reason, has... Well, I should say for whatever reason. We know why. We said no trash talk, whatever, whatever. Uh, you know, has lost some key fights here and there. But it just isn't viewed as a world title contender in people's eyes for some reason. But after tonight, I think he had the right call out very respectfully called out Usman, um, won in definitive fashion. Uh, I, I think his stock rose relatively the most compared to anyone else uh, that competed tonight. So I'm, I'm I'm totally on on the on the Luque uh, bandwagon in that sense. And by the way, if anyone's asking, like who knew how this fight would turn out this way? He kind of did. He he said I think it was a, at the media day, like if Kiza if Kiza brings this ground uh, fight to the ground and thinks he's just going to dominate the ground. He's got another thing coming. He's like, I'm more than happy to grapple with him. And I think uh, Luke is – I don't know if he's a black belt. I think he's maybe like a brown belt in jiu-jitsu. But I think he's one of those brown belts where it's like he just hasn't put in the time uh, that you need to like, – you know, you know what I mean? he's he's tra- He trains in other things. He just hasn't gone through the processes to become a black belt for like all intents and purposes. If you watch this guy – again, you watch this guy fight. You watch the submissions he locked on. This guy's this guy's a black belt level like submission fighter at least in MMA. I, I bet I would bet he's in MMA. He'd out grapple uh, a lot of other uh, you know actual black belts. He, I think he's really really good. So uh, his his submission skills definitely um, I think surpassed whatever his belt his fact, official that, belt status well, is. Well, in but,
6: fact that he submitted Kiesa with really no ground. Str- I mean. I th- I thought maybe if he did submit Kiesa, it would be after result of some serious right. ground and pound. But this, was, him just, him first. this was straight up, just, <laughs> he just straight up jujitsu. He, rever- he got out of a submission, a submission first. Mm-hmm.
5: Uh, Kiesa had him in trouble. I think Luke, if you looked in his eyes uh, when Kiesa was trying to lock it up, even Luke was kind of like, oh shit.
6: Well, is- <laughs> yeah, Luke had to respect this the choke that was mm-hmm. in. And he did. And, um, and then I think. Yeah, and then um, Kiesa yeah. made just that slight mistake and just kept his head out there just for that one moment. And Luke is. A, That's a the thing with
4: Luke, man. That slight mistake, you cannot make that slight yeah. mistake. He will jump yep. on the first thing you give him, and he will take at as many risks as possible to get to that spot. I love it, man. It's guaranteed action. I, I don't. He is the nicest, most delightful man in person too. Like it is, <laughs> it is it's so silly that it has taken this long, but I feel like it it did happen.
6: Was that was that Gear's article shot. of like him holding a baby? He, was oh that,
4: yeah, yeah. Delightful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Jeremy I saw, I saw that, that photo. I was like, I was like, that's the cutest. I was like, that's Vicente Luke. <laughs> I was like, he <laughs> like, hey, hey, AK, hey, I know, hey. I know you're. AK, I know you're kidding with the give him a title shot, but I'll be honest, like I'll be straight up, he deserves the title shot in this division, much more no. so than Colby Covington, and much more so than does. really anybody else outside tr- of maybe like a Leon tr- Edwards.
5: That was true before tonight. <laughs> so I we all understand look th- this is this is the, the epitome of what we're talking about tonight. Why does a Colby Covington get a title shot? Why does Luke a not get a title shot? Covington talks a lot. He talks a lot. He struck some sort of chord with the MMA fan base. He he had the rematch. Uh, sorry, he had the first fight, which is very exciting to, to to play off of. That's fine. That's why. That's why it's not like some but huge. fight is exciting.
2: <laughs> yeah, but if we're just
5: talking about qualifications, wins and losses, Luke's is ahead of Covington. Leon Edwards, like Kiesa, was ahead of Covington. If we're talking about wins and losses going to this fight, but so it is. Hopefully, uh, Luke does have the luxury now of just waiting for his title shot, whether he's next or not. He absolutely
4: does not have that luxury. He absolutely uh, does not have. It. Uh, he is, but I do feel as if he is one fight away. Like he's maybe like a Leon Edwards fight away from, from I hope Gilbert so. Burns. He, he, they wouldn't fight Gilbert Burns because they're teammates. Yes, but like a Leon Edwards fight away is. from doing that. Yeah. By the way, shout out to Gilbert Burns for for cornering Vicente Luque and then celebrating yeah. like he himself uh. <laughs> won the title so when wonderful. it's literally like another dude who's now in his way in his own division. Like you we all must hope to have friends as good as Gilbert Burns. Like that dude is a gem out there, man. He was legitimately so happy for his buddy to do this.
3: Yeah. I, I, and when I spoke with Gilbert Burns after the Thompson win, Gilbert said, he's in no rush to get back to the title. He wants it against Usman. He doesn't care if it takes 10 fights to get there. He will, he will just fight and win and get back there. And I think that's just a great way to approach it real quick before we, uh, pretty much run down the rest of the card and say goodbye. Uh, Sean, did you like Luque's call out? Do you feel like he wasted a call out there, calling out Usman, no, or should he I loved have gone it. back to the Nate train? You loved it. No, I love it. He's not
4: go back to the Nate train. He's not going to get any Diaz fight. Like yeah. for for Vicente Luque, what was important tonight was to let people know. A i'm a, I'm someone again who matters in this division, but also b like I'm someone who deserves to be in this conversation when we're talking about potential Us- opponents for kamar Usman. So like that was what that was what his job was was to at the end of that fight let people know you need to be talking about me regardless of whether you like it or not I deserve to be in this conversation and I feel like he did that so so I thought it was a great call out.
5: Yeah, he's listen, in such guys, an interesting
3: as, spot right now. Go as, ahead uh, okay. as, Rox-
5: as Roxanne Matafari once said on the Ultimate Fighter, shoot for the moon and you'll land on the stars. Listen, so shoot for shoot for the Usman. <laughs> shoot for the Usman. You may land on a Diaz. So, a very good call out by Vicente Luque.
6: But
1: stars are I really, actually I
5: actually think he's a
6: moon. So that's like distance wise <laughs> Are you are you this is a game from Not Roxy all of them and, though. Not, a not all of them though. Oh no, oh, there's a lot of, there's lots of moons. We there's some close gonna, stars or, or, too. Okay, all right. Don't all right, question
5: right. Roxy's homespun
3: wisdom. Don't you dare, <laughs> Casey Lydon. Don't you dare. This this performance tonight, I actually think he's a very good shot at getting that Nate fight. I think Nate I think Nate woke up and was like, I want to fight that guy. Well, I think not, there's maybe. a very good chance he gets that fight. And an awesome I think that's fighter. probably the best hey, thing for him right now. I think it's the best thing that could happen to him right now. Sign is that Nate calls his name yeah I think that's I, I think that's the best thing that can happen because I think they'll go with Gilbert and Leon and then I mean, what do you do? Just does he fight Wonder Boy again and try to avenge that loss? He's ranked one spot above him in the UFC kind of fake rankings, not the MMA Fighting Global rankings, but you know what I mean like he's he's just in a weird spot where he's either gonna have to fight behind him or he's gonna have to shoot for a Mazadal or a Diaz and hope he can land one of those fights but I, I think he's got a real good shot at Nate in getting his attention so if I'm him go for that get that rub and and go for the title real
5: quick guys um global rankings quick global rankings preview (laughs) would any of you guys put gone over miocic now in your rankings
3: it's, uh, it's very. It's something I
4: would, I'll have to think about, and that's saying I have, something. It's weird. I haven't again, thought about it until right now, but probably okay. no.
5: He was he was tied for fourth in our rankings, tied for fourth with Blades, Curtis Blades. So uh, would you put him all the way up to? Two? I would. I would. I would. Oh, yeah. okay. Well, we'll see. You know, I'm not locking you in, Casey. I'm not locking you in. We don't. You know, we'll, we'll find. We'll find out next month uh,
6: what the official rankings are. I'm not locking you in, but I was just curious. Yeah, just just from the the dominance of. Um, guns wins. I, I don't. I don't. I don't recall him losing more than thirty seconds of a of a round. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Um, and if I if I if I if Stepe and Derek Lewis fought tonight, I don't. Stepe might have won. I don't know. But if he would have won, it, there was is no way it would have been that dominant.
4: What? How can you... How, Jesus no, no, Christ. Not, the short-term memory of everybody in MMA. I'm talking No, come on. Oh, hold okay. oh, on. It. The,
5: oh, 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 listen, Let's save... It. Guys, <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Mike, I apologize. It's my fault. Let's
6: save it for the... Well, the ranking the show party. that hasn't come out yet.
4: The short-term memory of everybody in this sport is crazy to me. I
6: didn't pick Gano over Nganu. I'm picking...
4: But you just said that you didn't think Stipe could have beaten Derek Lewis convincingly. Like... Come on, man! What do we? Do? Stipe Miocic was the greatest heavyweight of all time, like no, months no, no, ago. No, like, what was, are we no,
6: t- no I'm, I'm on the Jed sorry, train. The Jed, Jed's sorry, Mike. crazy, but Jed was right about Stipe. Okay, we're, okay, wow. it's, late, it's, late, it's late. It's late. It's spoke. It's, spoke, it's keep we, need to, yeah,
3: yeah, we need to Yeah, we we're We're going a down long the rabbit. Time, time.
5: Blame this a long guy. Time blame that guy. To- We got a long time until we actually vote. I'm just stirring the pot. I can't help it. I'm a pot stir. I'm a pot (laughs) stir.
3: Yes. And by the way, there will be a ranking show. So be it, buckle your damn seatbelts for that show. Cause God, I I don't even know if I could be on that show. I might actually have to just watch from afar. Uh,
4: Friendships are going to be destroyed on that show, is what's going to (laughs) happen. We need like a heart rate monitor. Like Like, like at some point, I'm going (laughs) to. At some point, I'm going to say something to either Casey or Jed that I deeply regret like afterwards (laughs) of like, hey, I'm sorry, man. I didn't actually mean that. (laughs)
3: Yeah, there's going to be some private Slack messages after all of these shows. I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. I I, I apologize. (laughs) Yeah. God. Uh, I do want to shout out the rest of the winners of tonight. Uh, Tisha Torres, great performance over Angela Hill. Best performance. Sonya Dong. Not even 24 years old. to be 24 years old in December. So much room for that guy to grow. How about Rafael Fazeev? Good Lord. Oh, this guy is a the straight night. killer. What I a great it. fight that yeah, was. Fight of
5: the night. I called yep. it.
3: Uh, Vince Morales gets a win. Alonzo Menafield gets a win. Jessica Penne. Congratulations to her. Big 50K. finish over Carolina Kovalekevich. She got 50 Gs. Manel Cape would have got 50 Gs had he not missed weight. That you was bet. a sick Minel flying K. knee uh oh, okay. miles johns he got 50k oh, amazing uh, for that oh, beautiful yeah. knockout in the third round i got that one perfect uh melissa Gatto, good win for her uh johnny munoz jr i got that one perfect too but then everything just collapsed for me uh, <laughs> moving <laughs> on so congratulations to all that
5: technically i won if we're going by but topology point. scoring you got system. the most points barely i think uh, i literally won by like 25 points. all right, all right. Congratulations. But uh, we actually had a four-way. If we're just going by picks, we actually had a four-way tie four-way with tie, uh, everyone yeah. picking nine. Uh, a gentleman, a much better showing than our UFC Vegas 33
3: uh, selections. Yeah, and I was the, the 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 basement dweller just sitting there all by myself. Everyone's all hanging out and tied for first, and then there's little old me with seven correct picks, like a jackass. Unbelievable! After a four zero start and two perfect picks, yeah, you started I off great last.
4: too. You started off so good. No.
3: Ah, see, I know the prospects. I Apparently, I don't know yeah, anything else yeah. about the, the Wiley Vets, but... Uh, Your time LC2 will come. 65. Your time okay. will come,
0: Mike. <laughs>
3: yes. These guys will all get to Wiley Vets status, and I'll be way ahead of all of you. But uh, I think that's it. I think we have talked about this card enough. AK, you and I are going to talk about this card oh even more. I can't even begin to tell you how many DMs I've gotten already with matchmaking picks. So we might be in for like an hour and a half show tomorrow. Easy coming yeah. out of this one, but... Uh, I will say a little teaser. My Derek Lewis next fight might, might, might uh, ruffle, ruffle some feathers, AK. That's what all I got to say. Oh, What yes. a tease. But you'll have to find out sometime tomorrow when that gets released and then a Monday on the website, but we're getting out of here. Thank you for watching. Thank you for following along all week long for UFC 265, for AK, for EKC Leiden, for Sean Elshadi. I am Mike Heck. Play softball, kids. So You'll learn about so athletics. Practice is, so so practice.
5: practice is the real game.
3: Practice is the real game.
4: Peace. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network.
0: With the NBA Finals around the corner, you can bet with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOX MMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get a no-sweat bet up to $1,500 if your first bet doesn't hit.
1: bet based on amount of initial losing bet bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance see dkng.co bball for eligibility wagering and deposit restrictions terms and responsible gaming resources support for this show comes from
0: fundrise buy low sell high it's easy to say hard to do for example high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now demand is dropping and prices are falling even for many of the best assets